Once again, thank you for everything. Thank you guys so much for leading us. You know, like you've heard me say um, earlier, it's encouraging to see the, the encouragement you're giving one another through scriptures, through words. You know, two Sundays ago, I preached on this is our moment. And to realize that this is not the final hour, but this could be our finest hour. And I pray that we will take that into perspective, that we will grasp a hold of that truth, that this is our finest hour. And this is our moment. But also last week I preached on we will rise and we will build. And I believe that that is a, an undercurrent of expectation. And, and once again, I'm encouraged to hear so many of you talking about expectation. Because we will rise and we will build. Because we know that who our creator is. We know who our maker is. We know who's empowering us. And we know that we are in his hands. And, and I'm so thankful that we can trust him and know that he is our Lord, our Savior, our God. And as I was thinking about this, so many times as a circumstance goes longer or a, a problem we face as it is prolonged, sometimes it's easy to get discouraged over a time period. We might for a, little, a few moments up front be discouraged and, and then we all automatically, we motivate ourselves, we encourage one another. But at the same time, I think sometimes the longer a situation goes, sometimes we get more frustrated or we get more aggravated or we get more uh, trouble-hearted. And a scripture really began to burn in my spirit over this past week, and, and, and that is this in John chapter 14. And if you have your Bibles and want to uh, look at that with me, John chapter 14. I love this scripture. It's something that I quote Often is something that I have read many, many times, and, and I know that you're aware of the scripture as well. It follows John 13, where uh, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Um, it follows the triumphant entry there in chapter 12. And, and, and so in John 14, he says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. To think about that, let not your heart be troubled. When I think of, of this scripture, you know, I have to look at what Jesus is referring to. What is he what is he encouraging them about? What is the situation that they're facing that he would say, let not your heart be troubled? What is troubling them? Well, there's several things that were troubling them. One, they were living in a very hostile world, a world that, that literally the influencers of government were, were anti-Christ. They were against Christ Jesus. And they were facing all different types of persecutions for following Jesus Christ, not just in a religious fashion, but also in a governmental fashion. They were being pressed. They were being pushed aside. They were being uh, having to hide in certain circumstances. And a whole lot was facing them. Tensions were building because Jesus' popularity was growing. And, and they were experiencing a great outpouring throughout the ministry of Christ Jesus. And so therefore, tensions were building. 
But not only that, their hearts were troubled because he had been taken, uh, that he was being taken away from them. He had just told them in the previous scripture, he says, that I'm going to be leaving you. In other words, he was saying, look, uh, I'm sorry, but I've got to go, guys. And, and, and they had learned to rely on Jesus. They had learned to trust in him. They had learned to, to walk with him. I mean, they depended on him. I mean, look, you need tax money? Well, let's go catch a fish and pull some, a coin out. You know, you need uh, food from the 5,000? Well, let's uh, find a few loaves and some fishes and let's do this. They had learned to rely on, on Jesus and they were dependent on him. And so, therefore, their hearts were troubled to think that Jesus, the one that they had relied on, the one that they had spent three years with, uh, they couldn't imagine life without him. Not only that, but he gives them... The reason of the kingdom. I mean, we can see this after the resurrection. We see Jesus walking with a few disciples on the road to, to uh, Emmaus. And, and here they are. They're proclaiming you know, to Jesus who they uh, did not recognize. And, and they said, but we were hoping. In other words, they had followed the history. They had seen the Maccabees and all these different uh, Revolutions, and they were looking for the Christ, the anointed one, to come in and, and liberate them from the Roman government, liberate them from all of the overwhelming uh, issues that they were facing. And, and yet here Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to be leaving. Peter put it this way. He said, Lord, we have forsaken everything for you. So you can imagine the feeling of, of brokenness and trouble-heartedness that they felt in this time. But not only that, one of the common issues that we all face is just the fact that when the future looks uncertain, we feel unassured. When we don't know what's going to happen next, when we don't know what tomorrow may bring, it, it, it sends an uneasy feeling with us. And believe me, as your pastor who, who's standing right here speaking to you this morning, not knowing when the next service that we'll have to be able to be together drives me insane. It makes me feel uneasy. It, it, it breaks my heart because I don't know. And Jesus says to us, let not your heart be troubled. We don't know how we're going to survive. We don't know all these things. But we're, one thing we can do is we can trust in the words of Jesus. We can trust in him. I mean, just in chapter 13, after, after Jesus washes their feet, Jesus even tells them, hey, one of you are going to betray me. And then he even tells Peter at the very end of the uh, chapter, of chapter 13, he says, Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. So you can imagine the distraught feeling that Peter has. Wait a minute, Lord, me? I mean... I'll do anything. I'll, I'll jump out of the boat and walk on water with you, Lord. I'll do anything. And now Jesus is telling him, look, Peter, even you will deny me. Troubled feelings. Disturbing thoughts. But to know that, even that, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. What is he saying? He said, look, you can trust these words, you can trust my heart. You can know that I am with you. You can know that just because I'm leaving doesn't mean that I have stopped thinking about you. Just because I, I'm leaving you for this moment doesn't mean that I'm really leaving you. For I go to prepare a place for you. Man, 
Jesus has a place prepared for each one of us to give us hope. He was saying, look, that I'm not leaving you in per se. I am just trying to uh, make a place. I'm trying to prepare something for you. And, and to know that every one of us are being thought about. I know, as Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God thinks about you individually. He knows every one of you. He knows what you're facing. So Jesus himself is saying, look, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. Now, you know, there is always someone that's going to question your train of thought. There's always someone who's going to try to put a word in there and say, well, wait a minute, Lord. I need this in crystal clear letters. You're going to have to spell this out for me. You know, there's a Thomas moment. Well, we don't know the way. And what I love is that Jesus then begins to summarize what he's already told them. And if you look at uh, that passage, he says, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. When you think of that, Scripture literally is a summarization of what he's already said. He's, he is the way. I mean, Jesus told them, he said, I am the light of the world. Jesus told them, I am the gate. Jesus told them, he said, I am the good shepherd. And when you think of those things, every one of those is an illumination to the way that God is leading us. And so Jesus said, look, I am the way. There's no way to enter into the kingdom plan but by me. I'm the way. But then he goes on and says, I'm the truth. And we understand the summarization of that, that he is the bread of life. Jesus declared that I am the bread of life. In other words, he's the source of our strength. He's the truth that we can hold on to. He's, he's words that we can live by. When he says it, it is, a, it is not a question. It is a yes and amen. It is a declared moment when Jesus said it. It doesn't matter whether I believe it or not. When Jesus said it, it's true. I'm the way. I'm the truth. And then he said, I'm the life. Jesus declared earlier, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Come on. So when we know that, that it's in him that we find eternal life, we find hope in Christ Jesus. And we, too, when we are walking in him, we also will experience eternal life. Not just eternal life, but life more abundant even right here. Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. What a awesome note that Jesus summarizes everything that he's told them and, and I imagine that in that there was this aha moment oh yes I remember you saying that powerful but not only does he comfort them and assure them through knowing that he is with them and through the declaration of his word but then he declares to them look I want you to understand that you have a relationship with the father and he begins to declare. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. That's verse 7. Of course, once again, Philip begins to declare, Lord, if you would just show us the father, that would reassure us. That's the PDD, Paul Dyer version. If you would just show us, that would reassure us. And, and Jesus looks at him and says, Philip, how long have you been with me? How long have you walked with me? How long have you uh, been there with me to not know who I am? He says, look, if you've seen the Father, you have seen me. If you have, and, and I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. And, and he begins to declare these things to him. Of course, you know, 
It's, once again, it's that, hey, wait a minute, here we are. The Father's right here. And, and what's so awesome is, is that in, in declaring this, Jesus is saying, because you know me. He said, look, all those out there, they don't understand this relationship. All the ones in the world, they don't get this relationship. But because you know me, you have a special relationship with the Father. Because he's a good, good Father. Now, come on now. And so you have this relationship with the Father because you are, know me. I am in the Father and the Father's in me. And this is what I love because I, I think sometimes when we lose sight of who we are in Christ, we forget the relationship we have with him and we don't communicate with him the way we should. Because the next series of verses literally gives us the privilege of prayer. Because he goes on, he says in verse 13, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now what I love is the verse before that in verse 12. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. You, man, Jesus is saying because of this relationship you have with me, because you now know the Father, and I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. Now you are in me, and the same works that I did when I walked on earth, you're going to do too, and even greater. Powerful, man. So... When we pray, we don't pray in a sense of, uh, Lord, please, if you will, come. No, when we begin to align ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, covered by the blood of Jesus, when you pray, you begin to pray with the heart of Jesus. You begin to pray empowered by the Holy Spirit, and greater things shall you do in my name, Jesus said. If you ask anything, it almost says in verse 14, if you ask anything, I will do it. Somebody needs to lay hands on somebody next to you right where you are right now and begin to pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring life and hope and healing and deliverance in this house, in this home, with my family, with my neighbors, with my community. You are God's hands extended to the world today because Christ is in you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. But not only does he give us the privilege of prayer, but then he, uh, he gives us the wisdom of understanding that, that he's sending the comforter. I love this. In verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. You need to hear that, that he may be with you forever. That he may be with you. Somebody needs to be reassured this morning that you're not alone that the Holy Spirit is with you and he will be with you forever. Amen. And when I look at this, it says, and, and I will say another, the word another is not something of lesser value, it's not something uh, that is just a second hand or it's just something to take the place. No, another is of the same substance. He says, I'm sending a piece of me. I'm sending a part of me to you, another Helper, the word helper is the parakleos. It is the, the come alongside. I'm sending someone just as the same substance that I am, and he's going to come and he's going to walk beside you. He's going to be with you, and not only is he going to be beside you, but he's going to be in you. That is powerful. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. 
So he, is a, he gives a promise of the presence of God that will, even though he himself is not physically there, the Spirit of the Lord is right there with them, and the presence of God is right there. But not only does he give that, it goes on and says, and I will not leave you as orphans. The word orphanos in Spanish is orphanos as well. But, but what I love is that in a, another scripture, it talks about the spirit of adoption. So the Lord is saying not, uh, not only will the Holy Spirit come and be with you, but he will adopt you into the family. You will not be left as orphans. And the word orphan literally means uh, care, careless or fatherless. And so to think that, that Jesus is sending someone that will further the care of you, that he will further the understanding that you are not fatherless or you're not alone, that you're still a part of the body and you will not be left as orphans, but you've been adopted into the family of God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And the song that Kathy uh, sang so beautifully, it says in verse 19, because I live, the end of verse 19 says, because I live, you will live also. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can open my eyes. I can get out of bed. I can do the things that I, that I need to do. Because he lives, I live in him. Powerful. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what I love is that when we understand that one, he, has, he is in preparation for us. We have a special relationship with the Father. Not only do we have a special relationship with the Father, but we've been given the privilege of prayer. But not only that, we have been given the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to walk that prayer out. And this is something that I think that in these hours that we need to realize that it's not a dark hour. This is a moment where we can see the brightest light. This is a moment of revelation. This is a moment of letting the Spirit of God speak to us. And I see that because it says, it goes on, says in verse 20, I'm sorry, in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. Oh, man, I don't the Lord is going to disclose himself to us. He's going to give revelation. And I believe that as I've heard some of you already speaking over this last week, I've heard the Spirit of God speaking through you. And this is a moment that, that we can walk in fear or we can recognize that the Spirit of God is still with us. And we're, we've not been left as orphans or careless or fatherless, but he's with us to adopt us in. And through our faithfulness to him, he begins to disclose himself. I don't know what God's speaking, but I'm, I'm going to have a, a steady ear, an intuitive ear, that whatever God says, I'm listening to that, that voice that encourages, that voice that directs my life, that directs my family, that directs our local church. God, speak to us. Disclose yourself to us in this time. Revelation. I believe you that there's going to be revelation that comes out of this. That when we get back into this place and we are able to congregate again, I believe there's going to be a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit because somebody has gotten in tune with Jesus. And there's been a disclosure that something has changed in your life. And there's a revival that's stirred, not because you were in this house, but because you have been with the Master. And when the Master touches you, when you walk
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, you better get up here and find clothes with them. I, I might get excited and I might run around here by myself. Woo! I think we need to look at this time as not a time to get disjointed, but a time of alignment. Not a time to get out of whack, but a time to get in tune. And verse 23 said, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And he will, and, and we will come, listen to this, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. I want to abide in him. Because when I abide in him, I understand that that's what the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. We can read on. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while you abide with while you while abiding with you. But the helper, the comfort, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Then lastly, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Didn't know that. This is not a piece of, of the fact that, well, I've got money in the bank. This is not a piece of, well, I've got a roof over my head. This is not a piece of, well, I've got transportation, I've got food. He's not saying the world in peace. He said, my peace I give to you. Man, when you are in line with the Holy Spirit and there's revelation just dripping off of the tongue of the Lord that just revives us, there's a peace. That's spoken into your spirit. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid or fearful. Guys, I, I just wanted to encourage you this morning that there were turbulent times all throughout history. But Jesus gives us some promises that we can hold on to. One, that he's preparing a place for us. Two, that, that, the, that we have a relationship with the Father. Three, that he's given us the privilege of prayer. Four, that he has given us the, the Holy Spirit to empower our prayer. And five, he gives us peace. You know, the very last verse tells us to go. You know, we could we could hoard what the revelation that God gives us, but what I believe the Lord is saying is, look, now that you have this revelation, now that you have this truth, let's take this truth. Let's walk in it. Let's go in it and share that truth with someone else. Let's lift up somebody else. Look, I'm so thankful to to see so many of you saying, let's share the good news. Let's share the, the good things. Because whatsoever's lovely, whatsoever's the good report, those are things we should think on. So let's let's share those good news. But how about taking this scripture, taking your Bible studies, taking the things that the Lord is stirring in your spirit, that He is downloading, if you will, into your spirit man and begin to share that revelation with other people. It just might be that they who have been on the fence, who've been struggling, who have 
said, I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe anymore. It just might be that your words that the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you transforms their life. Sovereign God, our trust. 